from KIOS in Omaha, you're listening to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus, and today I'm talking to artist and author Jen Landis. We're talking youth empowerment, mental health, and Landis's new book for young readers, Skip the Bad Songs, The Art of Rocking a Happy Mindset. You're riding in the car, and that song comes on, you're like, oh, I don't like that song, right? You can click this channel and listen to a new song. So using that as an analogy that, okay, so we've had that negative thought about ourselves, but we don't need to think that. Let's skip over that and then not dwell on it. Let me go check on that bad song to see if it's still playing on the radio. You don't ever do that. (laughs) Stay tuned for our conversation after this break. Tom Noblock here. I've been exploring culture of all kinds for the past few years, and I keep coming back to the same conclusion. Everything we do is filtered through entertainment. If it's not entertaining, nobody's paying attention. So to understand the world, you have to not only look at your screen, but comprehend what's on it. This is the focus of my new show, The Entertainment. Each week, I'll be exploring an element of our culture through film, television, music, art, and more. Listen this fall on Omaha Public Radio or on your favorite podcast app. Welcome to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus. Jen Lannis is an artist, author, and assistant professor of practice in graphic design at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Her organization, Pin Curl Girls, started in 2009 and creates products and services to help young girls find their confidence, including a podcast, art classes, a scholarship program, and a text club that sends daily words of affirmation to members. In July, Landis published the tween and teen self-help book, Skip the Bad Songs, The Art of Rocking a Happy Mindset. Skip the Bad Songs is a workbook with activities and guides to help youth through common challenges during that stage of life. The book includes advice on fostering new relationships, creating healthy routines, recognizing accomplishments, and more tactile things like step-by-step instructions for making a zine. Landis's former student, Rachel Dempsey, did the book's illustrations. Today, Landis is here to talk about her own mental health journey, how parents and caregivers can empower their teens, and why it's important for everyone to talk about their feelings. Here's my conversation with Jen Landis. Um, You've had a career in marketing and advertising and currently, like I mentioned, teach at the University of Lincoln, Um, but you've also uh, created some amazing educational art communities for girls and young women. Can you talk to me about what the creation story was like for those communities? Yeah, well, I'd love to. I think the biggest, like most favorite creation for young girls in art started Uh, back in COVID uh, times. And I wanted to have a place where girls could create, talk, just chill out and practice just being an, uh, you know, an artist that, that isn't afraid of making a mistake. So uh, I created this art gang and it's for artists ages eight to 13. And we meet once a month on Zoom. Back then we were meeting twice a week twice a week, but now we're meeting once a month and uh, we do an art project together. I also send them daily challenges on this private app that we're on. And the whole premise is being okay with making mistakes, being messy. So nothing is structured to the effect of, okay, you need to make this perfect drawing. It's, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's, letting the girls just be themselves and not judge themselves. I love that. So what were some of the activities you guys were doing to learn how to make mistakes? Because I feel like as adults, that's something we can remember (laughs) that it's okay to do too. Yeah, no, it's really great. So um, I've done this exercise with adults and I've also had a professor do this exercise with their students, adult students. And it's, Picking a drawing, so we would draw like a character from Monsters Inc. or something like that, and then you draw it in ten minutes, 
And you're thinking, oh, okay, I'm pretty good at this, right? And oh, yeah, I probably could change that. And they have no idea what's coming next. And so after that 10 minutes is up, then you say, okay, we're going to do it again. But this time you only have one minute. And they're like, oh my gosh, no way. Oh, how am I going to do that? And the drawing gets progressively worse, <laughs> as you can imagine, from 10 minutes to one minute. And then after that, I'm like, okay, but there's one more. We have to draw it again in 10 seconds. And that's always the most fun because they're screaming and like, oh my gosh, I can't believe, like, this is terrible. And I'm like, yeah, but which one did you have most fun with? (laughs) And it's always the 10 second one. So that's one of the exercises that we could do with any age. It's really fun to do. Okay. So tell me about the other two art communities, I'm going to call them, underneath kind of your umbrella. Yeah. So I have... uh, a company called Pin Curl Girls. And that is all about encouraging young girls to think positively about themselves. And the way that that comes across is using my illustrations. So I started drawing an illustration of myself way back when, when I was going through a lot of insecurities and didn't really know what direction I was going with my art or life. And so I'd take this huge sheet of paper and I would draw like tw- like 20 inches tall sheet of paper. And I'd put it on the table. And I'd draw this little teeny one-inch girl who is a representation of myself. And she was topless. And she would cover her fat rolls. And she would have pin curls in her hair, which is something that my mom always did when I was little. And so, um, you know, side story, you take out the pin curls right before school and the curls are never very cute. And so you have to go all day with like these terrible curls in your hair. And so pin curl girls is like an analogy for me of just feeling insecure, but going forward anyway. Um, So those drawings then evolved over the years and um, the girls started getting bigger and they started having positive messages next to them. So yeah, it's been about 13 years since I've started it. And I do a yearly wall calendar and a lot of like blankets and mugs and just products that I can print my artwork on, which is really fun. And then um, after the Pin Curl Girls, then I started sending out daily text messages to young girls. And I had about 350 girls on the list and I would send them a message every day with their first name on it. And I'd be like, Maria, you are doing so great today. Keep going. I believe in you. And it would come at random times. And um, it's just like surprise them with something special and supportive, right? And that just stemmed from like one time I called my mom and she wasn't there. Like when you call your mom, <laughs> for all the moms out there, you gotta be there, right? So I thought, oh no. <laughs> So I had to do it myself. And I'm like, I'm just going to send myself a text message. And so that's how that idea started. Um, But those text messages have now evolved and into this latest project of mine, which is a book that all stemmed from that um, called Skip the Bad Songs. So that's kind of like my third baby right now. Oh, my gosh. I just love to dig into all the different ways. And like when you said my name and then to that, I felt warm. And that was just even an example. So I'm sure that you've impacted so many young women just from from those simple texts. And I think it's a good reminder for everybody just to be able to spread words of encouragement. If somebody passes through your mind, we all really need it these days, it seems. We do. We do. It just feels so good. It doesn't take much time. doesn't cost anything. And it's just so nice to, like you said, to hear your name next to something that is encouraging or supportive. It's like, oh, wow, they really like me. <laughs> you know, you talked about your own insecurities and self-doubt. And what was it like kind of starting to address that via your own creativity and your own art? I love that question. I think at some point at least I have at some point just got kind of sick of thinking that way. Just I had, it's been so many years where I would put myself down where I would just feel like I was, you know, that third, that 12 year old inside. Like I feel like sometimes 
back then I never thought I was an adult. Like I always felt really insecure. And at one time after this, I was in graduate school and after this three years, they were the hardest, hardest, hardest years ever because I was so mean to myself. And after I graduated, I thought, why are you doing this to yourself? And I said, okay, then stop. And it was literally like a flip of a switch that took two or three decades <laughs> for me to finally say. And I just started practicing each time I would come up with something that was negative about myself. I would say, uh-uh, nope, we're not doing that anymore and switch to something that made me feel better or just said, you know what, I'm going to put that over there. You have no idea if that's true. It's just a thought that came up. You don't know if it's real. So why fixate on it? Because you can feel inside when you're thinking something that your body doesn't agree with or your soul doesn't agree with. And that's that's like your, your cue to be like, this is not the thought for me because it's just making me feel bad. And so I just got tired of making myself feel bad and decided to stop it. And after I stopped, it was just so miraculous, like how much more fun I had, how much I just cared for myself and didn't care about making mistakes. And I just kind of loved myself and gave that little 12 year old a hug and said, it's okay. I got you now. Mm. As humans, we get into these cyclical mindsets that we don't even notice sometimes until you start to, uh, like you mentioned, kind of feel it in your body or notice the way your body reacts to your thoughts. Um, but it's an autopilot pattern. So I'm curious what advice you have for people who maybe haven't started to recognize that negative self-talk in their daily lives yet. Yeah, I think the first thing to do is just kind of be aware of how your body feels, like you said. And so as you go through your day and you start having that anxiety or that upset stomach, I stop and think, what are you thinking about right now? And then use that as a pivot point and say, okay, I'm thinking about how I'm very anxious that I have to, you know, talk in front of all these people or that I have to like, who knows what, whatever it is. It could be like really small things or really big things. It doesn't matter. And then I use that as a pivot point to say, okay, that's what I don't want. Thank you, emotions, for let being letting me, giving me that alert. So what is it that I do want? And then that's the pivot point that can take just a second. And we're like, okay, so what I do want is to feel comfortable speaking in front of others. And then so then I look for action items to help me do that. And just like leave that initial stressor as a, hey, thank you for letting me know. Now I know what I do want to do and try to come up with some action items that will make me feel better, whatever situation that is. If you're just joining us, I'm talking to artist and author Jen Landis about her self-help book for adolescents and teens, Skip the Bad Songs. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook or Instagram, or call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. I love the thank you uh, aspect that you put in there to kind of be grateful for that little flag popping up, but also to be able to like let it go rather than being like, oh my God, here I am again thinking this negative self-talk about me, but then you're just kind of building up that negativity. Yeah, totally. I mean, our emotions are such a great gift and negative emotions are just as great of a gift as positive emotions because it shows you where you're at on the scale of things and where you're sitting. Um, and then just to be able to know that, hey, okay, I'm here. Um, you don't have to jump to like happiness, but you could jump to feeling a little bit better. And I always like to have some things that I just say to myself because I have recurring negative self-talk. So I know what I'm going to say. Yeah. <laughs> so I've got, the, I've got the rebuttal pretty much memorized as well. And, um, you know, our mind is like a muscle, right? So there's pathways that we're building by thinking these thoughts over and over again. And so it's best not to, to keep like playing that record, so to speak, and like skip over that and play a song or, a, you know, a thought that you can start a new neuro pathway. And it, it takes some time and practice. It doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen. And when it does, you're like, wow. 
can I can do this. Like I don't have to think that way anymore. Oh my gosh. And is that where the title of this book came from? Skip the bad songs? Yes, almost. <laughs> it's a little bit more fun than that. I mean, definitely for sure. But, you know, when you're in the car, you're riding in the car and you're listening to the radio or, you know, Spotify or, or at Sirius XM, whatever. And that song comes on, you're like, oh, I don't like that song, right? You can click this channel and listen to a new song. You can do it like four or five, six, seven times until you find that song. You're like, yes, I love that song. And what's great about that is it teaches you that you're not worried about those songs that you skipped two seconds ago. Like you're not even thinking about them. So using that as a jumping off point and analogy that, okay, so we've had that negative thought about ourselves, but we don't need to think that. Let's skip over that and then not dwell on it. Like not go back and say, oh, well, oh yeah, but a second ago I was thinking bad or, you know, let me go check on that bad song to see if it's still playing on the radio. You don't ever do that. <laughs> We'll get in a little bit more into the book later, but I wanted to know why young girls and women in your in the work that you're doing. Um, going back to that 12 year old self, you know, inside of a lot of us adults, uh, just nurturing her. Um, it's the time of your life, um, young girls at least, that things change. You know, around eight, nine, ten, where all of a sudden you start looking in the mirror and going, well, maybe I'm not as pretty as I thought I was, or maybe you didn't even think about the word pretty, actually. You know, it's like um, you start picking yourself apart. You start having, at that age, a lot of anxieties are showing up with girls that age. And I can connect with that girl. I can connect with that girl at every age, you know, up to the age where I'm at. And I just want to help them because these are the books and the sayings and the thoughts that I wish I had at that age. But I do have to say that I do have a son. So um, I've been a little bit more aware of not like this, like the book that we'll talk about later. It's not for girls. It's for anybody. It's gender neutral, um, especially for, you know, people that don't identify with the gender that they were born with and I just wanted it to be more like, hey, you, you can do it kind of thing. But, you know, back to the girls, it's that little girl inside of me that I just want to squeeze on a little bit more. Why do you think that is that, you know, girls generally ha start that negative self-talk and develop those habits? Gosh, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. I was, when I was starting to develop these questions, I'm like, you know, why is it that girls tend to just already keep ourselves at a low, low bar? Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I guess, I guess like maybe the media, of course, has a lot to do with it and the way we even social media now, I can't even imagine being 11 years old on TikTok and Instagram and just the instant comparison all the time. All the time. Whereas, you know, when I was younger, it was like looking at my grandma's people magazines. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of that social media. I also think that, you know, a lot of times, unfortunately, girls are t told to behave, right? Like, hey, you, I, I can trust you to behave. You just behave or, or, you know, just do this for me kind of thing. Like, I think we're at least I was raised in a really healthy family, but I still have those thoughts of I need to be a good girl and I can't mess up and I want to impress my parents. And, um, you know, I'm an oldest child, so maybe that has something to do That's with it. That's me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the standards and expectations, I feel like, I think the first time I was kind of dealing with anxiety and shared it with my brother, he's like, I just don't understand like the expectations you hold for yourself. And I'm like, I wish that you, <laughs> I wish that I could teach you about like how I talk to myself sometimes, but it's not really healthy. And then I'd be like a little bit upset that he didn't get it. <laughs> I know it does darn brothers. <laughs> like it reminds me, like when I started uh, the art gang, you know, these girls would come on at seven years old and eight years old and just apologize and apologize or make excuses why they can't do it. Um, 
And it's just, it's just, I think, practice, right? I mean, and this is one other thing that I'd love to just put a exclamation point behind is no matter what we've gone through and how many habits, thoughts that have come to our mind, we don't have to stay that person. Like we can change and decide to be who we are are in in a minute, you know, in a day. So I know a lot of um, young people and, and people our age, you know, they, they're like, you know, they've got a lot of anxiety and they're like clinically um, like, Oh, I can't think of the word. Like they're, they're told they have all these um, like diagnosis and, and that's fine. But I just, I just feel like you don't have to keep believing in that. Like I would, I, I never feed anything that I don't want. So if I don't want something that someone's told me I am, I don't keep feeding that. Um, I just change to what I do want to be. And it, it's worked so many times um, that I just know it works. And sometimes I feel like I need to tell people like, you know, you don't have to be that way if you don't want to. If you really hate it, you can change your mind and think about something else. But a lot of people really want to think that way. And that's fine. They They can come to their own conclusions at their own time. I noticed that you had you had mentioned that girls would get on and say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I still catch myself and even some of my coworkers apologizing for things that aren't even don't even need to be apologized for. And I just think it's always interesting to kind of hear that. And I try and recorrect ourselves, myself and others to be like, there's nothing for you to apologize for. It was funny. Along the same lines, I was having a thought I'm doing um, some like business pitches and stuff and like building this new business. And I can think about myself in two ways. I can think of myself as the default is a 12 year old young girl. And then the other day I thought of what would it feel like if you were a man? (laughs) And I like put on this man hat in my head and my whole energy changed. And so I just find it fascinating that I've never tried that before and that I don't just because I feel have felt a certain way for a long, long time that I can maybe switch it and like do things differently with a different perspective. You're an artist yourself, uh, as you mentioned before, and this book is entitled Skip the Bad Songs, The Art of Rocking a Happy Mindset. And I was going to ask you, like, why do you consider a happy mindset an art? Mm, That's great. Um, You know, because I think that it just kind of came out of me, honestly. Like, I don't know if I've put as that much thought in it, Maria. (laughs) It's, it's, uh, It's fun because you can play with art. It's fun because you can create. It's malleable. And, um it's not finite. Like you could be, you can draw something one day and something else another day. So I think that's why I really love art. And of course me being an artist, um, I thought that was an appropriate word. Yeah, I, I do too. And especially just from what we were talking about earlier of being able to make mistakes. I feel like it's, it's a practice and it's an ever evolving thing, having a happy mindset. Yeah. You don't, you don't get it all the time. Um, but it's a good, it's a good goal to have. It's a lot more fun. I'm talking with artist and author Jen Landis about young people's mental health in her new book for teens, Skip the Bad Songs, The Art of Rocking a Happy Mindset. Stay tuned for the rest of our conversation after this break.
If you're enjoying the type of content you get here at Riverside Chats, conversations that go in-depth on art, politics, and everything in between, please consider becoming a supporter of the show. You can find a link in the show notes that allows you to give a recurring or single amount, whatever you're comfortable with, whatever you think the show is worth, which maybe is nothing. In which case, ouch, if you think this is a valuable part of your week, then we would appreciate the support so we can continue to give you the quality that you came here for in the first place. Thank you for considering supporting Riverside Chats and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Riverside Chats. I'm Maria Corpus. You can subscribe and hear previous episodes of this show on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite app is. My guest today is Jen Landis, author, artist, and assistant professor of practice in graphic design at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Her book, Skip the Bad Songs, The Art of Rocking a Happy Mindset, is a guide for teen and tweens to overcome common challenges like lack of self-confidence and making friends. Here is the rest of my conversation with Jen Landis. So in here, there's a collection of activities and advice for teens looking to boost their self-esteem. How did you come up with like this wide range of games and techniques? These activities and games and techniques have been something that I have been doing since that one day in the car where I'm like, stop crying and just get your stuff together. Right. Um, So it's so fun to just come up with these little tricks, these little mind games um, and activities that just I've tried. I've just been doing all these for so long that I'm, I just wanted to like give that manual to the next generation of like, here's the secret. Here's how you do it. Um, any any kind of feeling that you have inside, uh, why don't you think about it this way and see if it makes you feel any better? How did you kind of test how it would work with others? Um, well, I, I've been doing a lot of focus groups and um, I'm just really smart, you know? I just knew this was it. This is like, this is it. I just, I, I have no doubt in my mind. Um, the, the activities are fun. Everything's playful. It's all about experimenting, trying new things. Um, some of them go within and like doing some journal writing and stuff like that. But nothing is supposed to like pull up um, negative thoughts in the past. It's all about reframing things and moving forward into the future. So uh, the the book was written and I just have wonderful students here at the University of Nebraska. And so there's this one student who I just loved her illustration style. Her name's Rachel Dempsey. Uh, she's originally from Omaha. And um, I just was like, Rachel, you have to illustrate my book. And so I emailed her that in class. And like a couple of days later, I'm like, did you get my email? She goes, oh, I thought you were kidding. I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not kidding. So she spent all summer illustrating this, but the conversations that we had and that kept, kind of kept coming up is it has to be fun. It has to be uplifting. And I remember loving like being a Girl Scout when I was little and like earning those badges. And so the artwork is kind of like little, little badges or patches that you can earn and put on your, your sash. It just feels so playful. And especially when you're trying to change a negative mindset, you really need that creative, artistic viewing of whatever it is you're looking at to be happier. Yeah. And if you've ever looked at these types of books at the bookstore or library, some of them are so sad looking. It's just like, (laughs) I've done focus group with girls this age. And I said, like what books covers do you like and which ones do that you don't? And they're like, if my mom gave me this like other book, you know, that seemed more sad. They're like, I would hate that. And so I really like came into the, to the design process thinking, okay, they don't, they, I don't want them to feel bad if they ever get this as a present, right? It's more of a fun thing and um, opportunities to just play instead of like, Oh, I'm, I need help. My mom thinks I need help. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a parent, but as we are both the oldest, I feel like I did help raise my three younger siblings. 
And I think that this book can be helpful for quite literally anyone who is fostering a relationship with a tween or a teen. Uh, I'll speak for myself and say that those years were definitely challenging, uh, mainly for my mom, also me. Uh, But like, I'm a quality time kind of person. And if my mom had a copy of this book and just pitched that we celebrate a random holiday, I might think that that's an exciting thing to do with her. That's interesting that you say that. I've had a couple moms say that they've been doing this as an activity each night with their child or with their teen or tween. And it's also a way for them to just kind of talk and um, hear about what other, what you know, each other's thoughts in a way that's not like, hey, so how was school today? <laughs> you know, fine, fine. You know, you don't get any answers with that. It's getting to play together. And I love that because I think that as adults, as, or not even as adults, but as we just get older and go through adolescence and the teen years into adulthood, the intention to play and to experiment kind of slowly goes away. And um, there's a lot of parallel learning too, right? So there's a lot of lessons in here that would be good for the parent to kind of recognize again. And, you know, maybe they've forgotten it it, that themselves of of not always complaining um, or even like thoughts that they don't share with their family. Like, I think there's a lot of good in here for, for them as well. At the very beginning in the intro, we touched on this earlier, but you remind the reader that they are in charge of their own feelings. And that's something that my own mom told me growing up. And at the time, I definitely resented hearing it. But (laughs) now I feel (laughs) way more empowered to own my own feelings. And I wanted to ask you why you thought that that lesson was so important um, as kind of a building block throughout this book of how to take ownership of the way you feel. Yeah, I think that's like the core foundation of of living with a happy mindset is you could be, you know, with a friend who's having like the worst time, but that doesn't mean that you have to have the worst time with her or him. And it's it's so liberating to know that everything that I perceive, I am running through this filter of my brain and my heart. And I get to choose which way I want to go. I mean, it's like, it's so fun. Sometimes I think it's going to sound really crazy, but sometimes I think about like being this, like being in this physical body in this physical world as like this fun game, right? And we come in, we play, and then we leave. And why not play your own game. Like it doesn't matter what this person over here is doing. It doesn't matter what that person knows they're doing. They're playing their own game. Like I'm playing my game. And so using the faculties that I have and the the mindset that I have, it doesn't matter if I disagree with those people. They're in a totally different game than I am. And everything that I see and everything that I hear and everything I say are things that I'm thinking and the positive things. And then like, just like um, magnets, you know, thoughts are magnetic as well. Um, so the more happy things I think, or the more exciting things I think, or the more things I, I find beautiful, I'm getting, receiving more of those things. Right. But then my negative friend over here, who's like negative, 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 negative. They're like, yeah, but everything's negative. And have you seen the news? I'm like, no, actually I haven't seen the news because that doesn't, I don't match with that thought. (laughs) And I'm trying to do that with my daughter who's like having trouble with her teacher. I'm like, what's something that you like about her? Can you think of one little thing that you like about her? No. I'm like, you've got to think of something. And she's like, well, she let us out early the other day. I'm like, there you go. Start thinking more of those things and see how your how your perception changes of her. What do your son and daughter think about this book? Honestly, my daughter is so against doing anything that her mom does at this stage. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I just have to be fair and say that. She's 14. Um, I, te- I tell her these things in different ways and different stories. And so she believes this. And my son, there's one thing in here about like learning to crochet to de-stress. And the other day he's like, I want to crochet. I'm like, ooh, you read my book. <laughs> <laughs> no, but these are life lessons that I've been teaching them, but they haven't 
um, she hasn't sat down and read it. (laughs) In due time. In due time. Okay, so you also have a podcast called Girl Brave, where you interview young women finding courage and believing in themselves. What was happening in your world that you decided to kind of create this kind of podcast to broadcast these stories? Well, I'm pretty crazy. I love doing creative things. And so, um, you know, one more thing is just like, yes, let's do that. Because I, I can tell all the stories I want. But, you know, I'm an older, you know, grown up. And so when I'm thinking about these girls, I'd love them to hear from girls their own age. And a lot of these girls that I interview, they haven't really pictured themselves as being brave. But I know their stories. And I I ask them after they tell their stories about how did you get over this? Or what did you say to yourself to get over this? And then they tell me those stories and then they think about it in a new way. So like one girl on the, on the podcast, she lost her mother to cancer when she was little. One has cochlear implants. Um, one has scoliosis. And, um, you know, if they can do it and if they have such a great outlook in life, then so can I. And so can every other person that listens to that story. And then at the end of the podcast, my, my one question I ask them is, what's your definition of being brave? And do you think you are brave? And those answers are just so yummy and golden. And I just love them so much. And they all say, yes, they think they're brave. And I think that just transforms them too, after the end of that podcast, to realize that those things that they've been to have turned them into this brave, brave human. And to share those with other girls. And I just love that. Okay. So can you answer that question for us? Do you think that you're brave? Oh, I think I'm so brave, but that does not mean that I'm not scared to death half the time. But the minute I have that thought of, oh gosh, no, I shouldn't do that. um, I think, yes, then that means you have to. (laughs) That means you have to. I think that I loved the term girl brave. In my head, I was thinking about the trending phrase girl math. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it's like two things that, you know, being brave when you first are growing up, it seems like such a masculine thing. Seems like such something that like, you know, knights or people who go to like battle are brave, but everyone can be brave in their daily lives. Yeah. And and just to reiterate, that doesn't mean you don't have to be like, you, you could still be scared and be brave. I mean, that's where bravery comes is when you're most nervous and you do it anyway. When's the last time you did something that was making you nervous, but you did it anyways? Oh my gosh, I do it every, I do stuff every day that makes me nervous. <laughs> like I do, I, I, I'm t- intentionally, I like this morning, I, I, I pitched in front of investors, um, bringing up new courses to in class. Every time I'm at a conference, they ask if anyone's question has questions and I have to, I have to ask a question. Like that's just something that I told myself <laughs> I have to do. <laughs> But all those things are really hard. They are. They are hard. And I feel I love that rule of always asking a question because I feel like so many times I've been on the receiving end of this and been like, all right, well, people just aren't interested in what I just had to say. <laughs> I know. I know. They're so shy. They don't want to put themselves out there. But you, if, with more practice, it gets easier. I love that you encourage your readers to flip around and go back and forth in your book and even let the book pick for you. So I tried it. And the first page that I opened up to had phrases to kickstart a new friendship. Phrases like, you make me laugh and I appreciate your honesty. And one that I love to read was, let's go shopping. (laughs) Uh, Did you just have a big brainstorming session when you were thinking about all the things that you love to hear your own friends say? Yeah, that actually, um, there's a couple of pages where uh, I was talking to Rachel, the illustrator, and I said, I want to have um, some some pages that I have on a website too, right? And so we were brainstorming some ideas, and she actually wrote a bunch of those ideas. But it all stemmed from the idea of um, when I was taking my daughter to junior high, looking for her classrooms and her locker these friends of hers would pass us in the hallway. And I would say after they passed, why didn't you say hi to her? And she's like, 
well, I don't know what to say. And I've heard that from a few girls where they just are people that I just don't know what to say. So I thought, okay, we need a list, make a list of things to say. <laughs> let's just, let's just start at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I want to have a, a list from your brain about good questions to ask as you're developing relationships that aren't your classic icebreaker questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love, I love that. I, I always uh, ask my, my, my children to like, okay, what's you ask every, every conversation you have with someone new, you try to ask the last question and just like trying to get them to think about, okay, what's an interesting question that you can ask now based off what they said. And it really helps, I think, being an intentional listener when you mm-hmm. are challenging yourself to be curious like that. Well, making and being an intentional listener and like really caring about what the other person says just builds that connection. I feel like there's so many great people that I've met by just saying, yes, you know, we're both the oldest of our family. I can totally relate to that. Right. And just like, repeating back things that you've heard. I love that trait. I I just think it just, just melts my heart. It just makes me feel so good when someone listens to me. And you can tell you're like, okay, you're really interested. You're really thinking about what I just said. And I would love to share more. And people do, I think, generally want to share more about, about themselves and their lives. They just need to be asked. Yeah. That's, that's an incredible thought because I think that happens with a lot of people is um, you can blanketly ask people to like, hey, join me here or join me there, like in general, but it takes that individual, Maria, will you go to coffee with me tomorrow? You know, that individual ask, because I think it just allows people to open up a little bit and say, you know what, they really do want me there or they do, they really do care about me. I think I'm going to try that. And that's happened with me so many times. I'm not sure if it's happened with you, but when you get that invite from someone, you're like, okay, that means I should go. If you're just joining us, I'm talking to artist and author Jen Landis about her self-help book for adolescents and teens, Skip the Bad Songs. Follow Riverside Chats on Facebook or Instagram, or call in with a brief voicemail to 402-881-0089 for a chance to be featured on an upcoming show. Um, So the next page I flipped to was why moving was good for your well-being. And I love that it read in a way that was relatable, but also teaching me something like kind of science-based, how it's good for your body. Um, I was excited to flip to the page right after to read more ideas about how to move your body. And one that stuck out to me was the one about uh, jump roping specifically in knee-high socks. And it took me back to like my middle school white volleyball knee high socks with maroon stripes. And I just love the voice that that you write in that comes off as a fun older sister kind of guiding us through the weird years. (laughs) I love that. I love the fun older sister. I'm definitely that. I love also just mixing things up. So of course you can't just jump rope normally. Let's do it a little bit different or a little bit more weird, right? Like, so put on your striped knee-high socks, preferably if they don't match, that's even better, and then do it and see how you feel. As an author, how did you develop your voice to connect with your audience? Oh, that's a wonderful question. There, I turned off that inner voice that says, you're not an author, you're not a writer, like, you can't be doing this. I just like turned it off. I'm like, I don't care if this is the first thing I wrote. Um, But I just want to be relatable. And I just want to talk as like a confidant and as someone that is cheering you on someone that's in your corner. And the simpler, the better for me, like, I didn't want to feel like, oh, I need to write this with huge words and like explain things in like ridiculous ways. I just wanted to be like, Hey, you and me are chatting and this is what I think you should do. And so it's almost like stream of like how I would actually tell you if we were in the room together. 
as I was reading, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. And like, I can't wait to try out some of these ways to practice making mistakes or to move my body and, uh, you know, listening to a podcast while walking. I've been doing that more with my dog and like love to do that. And so I, I love that you include a, a whole wide, wide range of list of different things that people can do. Cause you know, sometimes you just get stuck and you're like, I can't think of ways to move my body. I don't want to go for a run. And it's like, you don't always have to do something that you don't perceive as fun in that moment just to move your body. No, anything that you do that you don't want to do, think about, okay, if I don't want to do that, how could I do something similar or how could I make it more fun? And that's what you do. Let's have fun. Why not? (laughs) Be silly, have fun. Yes. That was the other thing my mom would say is that you're in charge of your own fun. And so I, yeah, we'd be, I mean, it was kind of not great at the time because I feel like I'd be sitting in the back of her minivan running endless errands and I'd be like, I'm bored. (laughs) And she's like, you're in charge of your own fun. But now I love to have fun wherever I am. And so I think that's that this book uh, really made me kind of think about how my mom taught me that growing up. And I've always thought about, uh, like writing a book about for adults, like how to have fun. But I'd love to hear from you, like what what are like two ways that you would say, try this to have more fun? Because sometimes it's really hard as an adult to have fun. You're like, I don't even know where to start. Like, so do you have any ideas on that? I think recently I've gotten into actually choreographed dancing. <laughs> Uh, And I've never been a dancer, but I have been practicing choreographed dancing for a fundraiser coming up. Sometimes I I get into the habit of listening to the same song over and over and over again. And so if I have uh, the freedom to move my body when I'm listening to it, I try to just myself choreograph dance moves. Granted, I have no education (laughs) on that, but I do. I have been kind of starting to practice that. I was... Uh, at a baseball field the other day with my dog Stanley and in practicing it and I didn't notice that there was a guy taking out his trash watching me but like don't care I love it yeah I love that I think having these interviews for me is really fun because I think that one of my top strengths is being a learner and I love to learn life skills or uh, just other people's expertise and get to pick their brains that for me it's just a whole a whole lot of fun to get to sit here and engage with people in the community who have an expertise and skipping the bad songs or, you know, finding out how to use government funds to help your house be more energy efficient. And uh, just learning to me doesn't have to be boring. You can somehow make it fun by, you know, staying curious. That That is super fun. I love that too. I love learning. I want to go back to the thought of uh, play because I think that this book really does encourage that and kind of connecting to just having fun and playing, whether it with be whether it be with your body, your emotions, or your your relationships. I think that so often uh, we forget how to do that, and so I wanted to just kind of ask you the same question of how do you incorporate play into your life? Oh man. Um... I think for me, play is when someone asks me to do something that I normally wouldn't. Like the other day, like we were at um, a a retirement home and they were putting uh, painting tattoos on youth. And my uh, little kid that we were with says, do you want one? And I'm like, yeah, actually. I do, you know, so just like catching yourself saying, whenever you catch yourself saying no, think about like, why would I not do this, you know, and maybe I want to. And so I think that's like how I'm learning to have more fun. But on the flip side of that, I'm like a total workaholic and learner. So that's like working is really fun for me. (laughs) One of the other things I loved in this book is that you put like real applicable life skills, as I keep mentioning, but you even have a smart goals tracker that is super easy to follow. So what are some of your goals for this book? Well, the biggest goal for me with this book is 
getting as many out to as many youth as possible. And so I'm doing that. Um, I've had some lovely friends and people um, donate for the printing of the book. And then I give them away to nonprofits that have youth and um, tweens and teens as as the people that they focus on. So for me, that's like the most exciting thing is to be able to get it into the hands of as many people as possible. And um, I'm also creating a curriculum for for it for um, community learning centers. And so taking each one of the activities and putting it into either a 15, 20 or 45 minute workshop and um, that's really exciting for me too. So that's a huge goal. Those two goals is getting as many out there, um, receive, helping um, people can always help me um, by donating and then um, finishing up this curriculum to share. Where can they follow along in your journey or find more about all the programs we've talked about? Yeah, so skipthebadsongs.com is the book's website. And if you're interested in um, just dropping me a line, I would love it. I even have my email in the back of the book. I'm like, please email me. Tell me what you think. You know, I love that. Like, so I love talking to people. Um, And then Pin Curl Girls uh, is also my website. And that has also the book and um, the art thing on it. But uh, back to rewind, back to skipthebadsongs.com. You can also donate to my GoFundMe. And uh, I have also started a 501c3 Um, in order to maximize people's donations. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. This book has already brought me a lot of joy and I can't wait to keep it with me as as I continue to play in my daily life. I love it. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Riverside Chats was created by Tom Noblock and is a production of 91.5 KIOS Omaha Public Radio. The show is produced and edited by Courtney Bierman. Our original music is written and performed by The Real Zebos. Our artwork is done by Ben Matukowitz. Remember, you can find the backlog of Riverside Chats episodes wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. I'm Maria Corpus. Thank you.